Hey, wasn't that good? Thank you, Franklin. Um, so my person is different. Um, she was, I would say, a game changer. Um, and someone who really influenced me. But um, I went to a party a little while ago. Okay, I'll have you know, it was socially distanced. It was in the garden, so we were okay. But whilst we were in the party, we played team games. Now, I think there are kind of two types of people. Number one, yeah, um, doesn't really matter. Win or lose, it's taking part that counts. No, it's winning. All about the winning. And so I'm like, come on, yes, come on team. Especially when it's, you know, it's easy to motivate yourself and others when they're in your team. So I'm like, we've got this, you know, this is awesome. Come on, I'm pumped, I'm pumped. And like, no one really was as enthusiastic as me, apart from maybe Josh, you know, um, Josh Verity, but we're, we're getting really excited. And, um, and it just made me think, I wonder how many of us, you see, we play games, we play them to win usually. Um, how many of us actually, when we're thinking about the game that we're playing now, the, the life game, the thing that we do day in, day out, are we pumped? Do we want to win at it? Do we want to succeed? Are we people that really do work hard for the goal or do we kind of get a little bit apathetic? Because I am very different when it comes to playing a game as to when it is, you know, I might get a, a problem that comes my way and I back off instantly. And I wonder how many of us are a bit like that. Because my uh, person that I'm going to talk about was 100% a game player. She played it well. She grabbed the ball with both horns, that sort of saying. Um, she influenced me a lot. Now, my... Uh, person is Rahab. Now, we all know that Rahab was a prostitute. Um, that's not what influenced me. But what did influence me was the way that she lived her life, the amazingness of her. And I'll explain it in a minute, okay, because I, I, I just had to get that one out there. Because her sin, what she did, was really obvious for all, okay? It, it wasn't hidden. It was known. So that's the point, okay? We need to get that one out. Now, um, she was somebody who had to take the opportunity. She had to take the opportunity. She played it very well. It wasn't easy, and it was a challenge. So Rahab lived at a time that the Israelites were um, taking Canaan for themselves. They'd been promised the land by God. And they'd gone through all of these amazing miracles and journeys and, and things that God had done. And they'd gotten to a fortified city called Jericho. And this was like one of the major problems facing them. And Rahab, if you can see the image there, Jericho was fortified. It had two walls, very, very high, apparently about 25 feet, etc. Um, really difficult to get over. And she lived in the first set of walls, the outer walls. And this was usually where people who were um, poor lived, maybe tavern owners, people like Rahab. Um, so maybe not your well-to-do, let's say. So they were the first port of call. If something was going to happen, it was going to happen to them. Um, it is important, and I'll come back to that in a second. Um, Rahab was a strong and clever woman, okay? There's no denying that she was extremely clever. She had family there, and she was a family woman. She cared deeply for her family. However, this reputation that she had preceded her, okay? So Joshua, 
at the time, sends the spies from Israel in to Jericho. And he's like, you need to see if we can take this city, find out anything you can. And they happen upon Rahab. Now, this is my point. I don't necessarily think that happening on Rahab happened because God had a plan. They were meant to meet this woman, okay? But the spies are in there. The king of Jericho is like, oh my goodness. Okay, so we know that these people are outside. We know that they're going to, we think they're spies. I'm going to send my soldiers out to go and find anybody and basically probably kill them. And Rahab hides them. She saves them. And then she lets them out of her window, which is very well placed because it's on the outer walls. So she uses a a scarlet rope and they climb down. But as as they're going, she says, I want you to do one thing for me. I want you to remember my family. Save us. Because I know your God, I love your God, and I want you to save us. I I, I will help you, but you've got to save us. And they're like, okay, you know, like, wow, what an amazing faith. But you cannot tell anyone that that we were here. You can't tell them our plan. So Rahab lived in, in which all intents and purposes was a scorned and judged life. She was known, she was mocked by neighbors and people around her as a woman of the night. She was a bit like a leper, someone that you would avoid, right? Um, Yet, she's found in the Bible. Yet, her story makes a difference. Imagine the thing that you have done wrong that is there for all to see, okay? Because that's what Rahab was living with day in, day out. Um, I remember as a kid (laughs) being told off publicly. My dad's got quite a loud voice, okay? And... um, and it wasn't ever being told off. Not that I ever did anything wrong, clearly, you know, goodness and light. But when I did something wrong, it was usually pretty big. And he would tell me off wherever we were. And I was like, trying to look all like nonchalant and didn't matter. But his voice was loud. And it was the embarrassment of other people knowing what I did that really got me. It wasn't doing it. It was the, oh my gosh, people are looking at me. Shh. And that was what upset me. Now, that was a bit like Rahab. Everyone knew. Can you imagine living like that? She was shamed on a daily basis. Yet, she makes a change. She's got a blind faith, which is my first point. Rahab had the boldness to believe in a bunch of stories that she'd heard of the God of the Israelites. She hadn't experienced them or witnessed them for herself. She'd heard them and gone... Yeah, I believe that. I trust that. That's got to take some faith in itself, right? Now, I was brought up in a Christian household. Some of us probably in this room were. And I remember hearing the Bible stories. I remember going to church. I remember learning how to pray. I remember um, being told lots of things and taught lots of things about my faith. A bit like a baby being spoon-fed. She didn't have any of that. She didn't know any of that. All she had were the stories that she'd heard that had probably been exaggerated through time as well or dabbed down a little bit because it wasn't their God. God saw Rahab. He saw her ability. He saw her faith and promise, even though the town and she saw something very, very different. And what amazes me is her strength, even though she was an outsider to the Israelites. In Joshua 2.11, she exclaims to the spies, For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Never been taught this. Heard the stories. 
in verse 2 9, she says, as she's talking to them, um, as she's talking to the spies, she says that she knows that the Lord has already given them the land. She knows God's plan and purpose for the Israelites. She believes it. And it probably surprises the spies a little bit. I mean, there's a Canaanite woman talking to them about their God and having a lot of faith in him. She had no evidence, no proof, yet she believed. She knew about him. She sought him. She studied him. I mean, wow, shouldn't we be doing that daily? Do we always do that daily? I wonder if she put the Israelites' faith to shame ever so slightly. So there's a lovely passage in the Bible, and you'll all know this, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Rahab didn't need to be witness to the same miracles that God had given to his people. Hearing was enough, and it set her faith in motion. I wonder if we could see the journey ahead and the things that we were going to see happen to us on our journeys, we'd choose the same path. You know, or would we back away a little bit? Oh, that's too difficult. Oh, no, I don't like what happens over here, so I'm not going to go that route. The problem is we go through things to shape us and mould us and make us the people that we're meant to be for God. And she had this blind faith, no matter what happened, she knew she was meant to be serving God. She knew she had a part to play in a far bigger story. Walking by faith takes more courage and conviction than we can see in the path ahead. Okay, The spies were led to Rahab. It wasn't a by chance situation. It wasn't coincidence. They were meant to meet this woman. She was their host. God was already at work in their lives and the spies' lives to weave them together. And there's a saying that we have to put our best foot forward. Have you heard that one? And walk, trusting that God is ahead. His plans will bring about his glory. And my other point, um, outside in. Have any of you ever felt like you just don't match up? That maybe you're not special enough, you're not unique enough, you haven't got the gifts that other people have got. You're judging yourself against other people all the time because maybe you don't feel chosen enough. I would hold myself back all the time. When I was younger, teenager, I I was very different. I wouldn't even sing in church in a big forum because I was afraid that somebody would hear my voice. I, um, I wouldn't step out very often. I mean, obviously now I don't have that issue. However, then it was a very different story because I felt that I had been left on the shelf I felt that everybody else had something that was brilliant about them or unique or special that God had given them, but he'd forgotten me. I genuinely felt this for a very long time. And I would hold myself back because I was afraid that I was just not even average. Okay? And I had a seriously low self-esteem. Psalm 139, absolutely love this verse. And it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. Genuinely now, I'm comfortable in my own skin, but but it took a long time. And I remember standing, feeling utterly useless and broken in this, like, it was like a Christian camp that we used to go to as a church. And... I was standing there kind of saying to God, like, what what am I going to do with my life? And I heard Rosie, just that, 
really clearly, Rosie. And I looked round, and I had some friends with me, and I was like, well, it wasn't either of them, because they're like worshipping God. This is weird. And I remember saying to my mum when I got back to the, the camp, like, this happened. And she was like, do you know what? The next time that happens, just say, yes, God, I'm listening. And so I did. It happened the next time, literally the same week, Rosie. And I remember saying, yes, God, I'm listening. And still with a bit of an eye open, like who said that, but kind of believing a bit more. And I felt that's probably the only time, the one and only time God's ever actually spoken to me in that way. But I felt that I knew what I was meant to be doing. And I felt that there was something special about me. God knows you by name. He knows you by name. I felt that I didn't have anything to bring to the table, that I was unable. But what we need to do is take the un out of it. We are able in God. In Christ Jesus, he gives us everything we need to be able to serve him. We haven't been made to do nothing. We haven't been made with nothing unique or special about us because God lavishes attention on us and he's made us to do something so that we can glorify his name. So why don't we? You know, if Rahab can, we can. I spent so long looking at other people's stories that I forgot to live my own. Judging their journeys against the one that God was waiting for me to take. Because he's got it there for you. It's just waiting for you to take the mantle. Rahab grabbed hers. She knew it the moment that they came into the Jericho. She knew it before that because she started worshipping and loving a God that she'd never really learnt fully about. She could have walked away because of the past. Because of her sins. But she held fast to the stories that she had. She believed. She worked for her story. I became me focused, but she became God focused. My last point is a game changer because I thought, well, that's, that's a good title, right? Um, and um, we were walking on the beach last week in Norfolk and my uncle had said there's like loads of fossils on the beach. However, you won't find any because there were, I mean, there were like tons of people like this walking around. And so my kids went off and they came back with two fossils, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, so they're not huge. They're not amazing or massive, but they were fossils. And it got me thinking about just our stories, Rahab's story. She made something very small with what she had, a bit like Franklin was saying, wherever he's gone. Like that you know, we can do something small, but it will stand the test of time. It will have an impact. It will be seen later in life. Like a fossil, thousands of years later, it's there for us to see that it lived. It did something. And I think that's really, really cool. Don't let your past define you. Rahab could well have. She could have hidden knowing that everything was seen Step out in faith, even when we don't have the answers. Rahab had some rumors and stories. That was it. Her lifestyle, the view from others and who she was could have held her back. Don't let your situation keep you from the promises of God in your life. You know, the very best, best bit in the story of Rahab. I mean, the best bit. Rahab married into the Israelite kind of journey. She married someone who was an Israelite. Um, which was very rare. You know, you wouldn't have taken somebody outside of your faith or your, your community group. And she actually became part of the lineage of Christ Jesus. God 
chose Rahab to be part of the story of Jesus Christ's birth. That's kind of cool, right? I mean, I was like blown away with that. She became massive part of a story of our saviour. She wasn't a likely candidate for a heroine of the faith, but God overruled her story. I look at a verse from two, uh, James 2.25 where he describes Rahab as righteous, from prostitute and sinner to righteous. Cool, huh? Right? So God doesn't really look at who we were, but at who we are becoming. We bind ourselves to our past, but God breaks the chains. He asks us to lift our heads, to stop looking behind us, and to start looking forwards at him, at all of that he has. And that's what we need to start doing. I've been watching the Olympics. Anyone with me? Yeah, awesome, right? And um, any one of those runners or, you know, there's so many of them, skateboarders, all sorts, any one of those Olympians could have decided not to show up because they've all had failures. They've all done things wrong. They've all messed up. Any one of them could have said, no, I'm not going to run this race. All pressure. But they didn't. They ran it. And they ran it with pride and to try and win. So I've just got this to say. Um, This is a really amazing Bible verse. So now faith in the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And it skips to this. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient, but because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. A small act, a massive difference, a bigger outcome. We can step into all that God has for us. We need to be active in it. And sometimes it takes that boldness that Rahab had to stop looking behind us and to start stepping forwards. And I've just got one little thing to read to you. I didn't write this. I wish I did because I love it. And some of you would have heard this. Just remember the next time you feel like God can't use you. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Uh, Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Don't really know why long hair's a problem. Um, Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Interesting one. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. Mary Magdalene was demon-possessed. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus, well, he was dead, right? So, no more excuses. Start living for God. He's waiting for you to reach your full potential, to live your full potential. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And if you feel that maybe you have been letting things pass you by, maybe you feel like your past has been defining you for far too long. Maybe you feel that you're not special enough or that you're not loved by God for whatever reason. 
As I pray, I'm just going to ask, everyone's going to close their eyes for me, and I'm going to ask if this is you, just to pop your hand up. And there's a few people at the front who would love to chat with you, if that's you. Um, Please know how much God loves you. He loves you. You don't have to do anything to earn that love. He just loves you. So I'm going to pray. Father God, we thank you that we can come to you as we are, that you know our stories, you know our journeys, that you have a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us, that we don't have to measure up to somebody else, that Lord God, anything we do is to glorify you, to make your name known. And Father, we thank you so much for all that you are. And I just pray for anyone whose hands have been raised, Lord, that you would just give them the peace and the love and the knowledge and understanding of just how much you care for them, how they have been created by you to serve you. Thank you, Lord God. May we just walk forward and not keep looking backwards. Amen.